Greetings ladies and mental gents and welcome to this batch video for the web novel Out of Space taken from the website Royal Road. And as always I hope you enjoy the narration and if you do please consider supporting the channel. Chapter 325 Repercussions The room was filled with a tense silence despite the number of people gathered together. Merle sat on the table, rolling the empty brass cartridge which killed the assassin, two and four in his hands. The door suddenly swung open and a priestess and her assistant entered the room. Almost instantly, everyone's eyes were on the trio and the priestess was startled by the sudden attention. Oh, her ladyship is now resting. She had suffered from bruises to her throat and will not be able to speak properly for a while. The priestess said, let her rest and she suffered a near-death experience. With that, the priestess and her assistant gave a bow while the head butler saw them off the estate. The tension in the room quickly disappeared, only to be replaced with an anger and uncertainty. The Captain Judas slammed his palm down at the table and growled, This act must be done by them! Who? Mills asked as he slipped the empty cartridge into his breast pocket. Who else? Judas hissed. It must be done by her two brothers! The room turned cold as everyone digested the news. Merle's raised another question. Do we have proof? Proof! Judas snorted. Her two brothers were always after the seat of the Rothschilds. They had schemed and plotted for so long against her. If she dies, they will stand to profit from this all. But I thought there was also a few more rival houses against her, Merle's added. And what of the assassin? She said something about a stalker or a shadow. They are known as the Stalkers. The female guard who earlier pointed a blade at Mills said, They live in the shadows and are a dark guild of assassins and thieves. Can we find them? Mills asked. Mills asked. And find out who employed them to kill Tit Lady Titania. Judas shook his head. It's impossible. No one knows where they are gathered, nor who are then members of the Stalker Guild. Then how do you contact them for a job? Mills frowned. If they're so hidden, how do people get them to work for them? You have to arrange it with the middleman, and they will bring you to a secret meeting place, Judas explained, where you will be blindfolded and all the way, and until they are sure you're alone, will then appear to meet you. You sound like you know quite a bit, huh? Mel said. I, I, I've used their services a couple times in the service of the Rothschilds, Judas quickly explained. Some things are best left for them to do. You just don't want to clutch your own hands, Mel shook his head. Judas narrowed his eyes at Mel's words. You do know how much influence they have. Okay, so now, all we know is that they want to kill Lady Titania. Mills ignored Judas, and they have failed. They will not rest until they've completed the job, Judas added. We need to protect Lady Titania at all costs. How about, Mills gave a grin, we let loose a rumor that Lady Titania had died. You want to bluff the stalkers, Judas asked, but they will find out sooner or later. As long as we find out who is behind all of this, we can put a stop to it, Mills said. Also, I think letting our enemies think they've won for now will make them drop their guard. That is uh, true, Judas sighed, but why go to so much trouble? Her two brothers are the culprits. Well, from what you've been telling me, Mills said, I don't think they are that stupid to do something like this now. Then who could it be? Judas frowned. I might have an idea who sent the assassin... The door opened and the intel officer called Trism declared as he entered. His statement had everyone's eyes following him as he joined the team at the table. I was out there gathering some news and intelligence about our situation here, and I heard a few interesting bits of information, 
Tristram said. I hurried back as fast as I could, but I guess you had it all under control. Both Merle's and Judas shook their heads together and realized that they did the same thing. They both stopped and quickly looked away from each other. <clears throat> Tristram cleared his throat and continued. We have a few suspects now, like her two brothers, Alberto and Mallet Rothschild. But I believe there is someone else behind pulling the strings, Tristram said, because from what I heard, out in the streets, the two brothers' reputation wasn't any worth mentioning. On the contrary, Tristram added, Lady Titania's reputation is pretty good out there. She's known to be strict but fair in her actions, and the people actually preferred her to the next city lord. Her brothers both know that too, and I'm sure that they would not want to be branded as a kinslayer as well. Trism said, it might cause the local population to, um, violently reject the rule if it was known that they killed her. So who would benefit from all of this if it really happens? Trism poised the question. How Taran and Deflin, Judas banged the table with his fists again. How dare they? Okay, some explanation is needed, Mills quickly said. I don't understand. House Taran and Deflin, in the next two great houses that have the next greatest amount of strength and influence after the House Rothschild, Judas said. But we, the House Rothschild, had always overshadowed them. In other words, Trism explained, we got two jealous and power-hungry houses wanting to take over a city and at the same time take some revenge on being suppressed by the Rothschilds for many years. Yes, Judas said, something like that, I guess. So, this is a point you like kill Lady Titania, and put the blame on the brothers. Merle scratched his head. Isn't it too simple to be discovered by the people? Trism laughed and shook his head. Sergeant, you're forgetting we do not have the technology of you humans to spread information and finding the truth. All right. Merle's gave an awkward grin. <laughs> I forgot. Anyway, Trism continued, I think before we do anything first, we need to lock down all the information in and out of the estate. No one in or out without our permission, even a full search, Trism said, and we need to do it now before someone leaks the news. Judas glanced at Mills, who gave a shrug. I'm not fielded in counterintelligence. We have no time, Trism said forcibly. We need to stop any chance of someone leaking the news right now. All right, Judas finally nodded and gestured to the aides to carry out the work. Also bring back the priestess and her assistant, Tristan called out. Invite them to stay with us until this whole thing is over. The aide paused and looked at Judas for confirmation, who nodded again before he ran off to carry out his orders. What's next? Judas asked. Check every servant, slave, maid, guard, or soldier. Do a loyalty test with the magic or whatever, but make sure that there is no one else with ulterior motives. Trism said, weed out the spies. Consider that done, Judas replied in a dangerous voice. Next, I'd like you to set up a meeting with the stalkers for me, Trism said. I'd like to talk with them. But, uh, Judas was surprised, they might not meet you. Oh, don't worry, Trism said. I got something that'll make them very interested in talking with me. I, uh, understand, Judas replied. Please try to get the meeting done before the coming ball, Trism added. Hopefully we can settle everything on that night. Tyria stood at relaxed pose outside of the room and straightened up as people started fighting in. He wore a combat harness over his set of local clothing with a rifle held at the ready. How was it? Not good, Mills frowned. We need to step up security. How did an assassin sneak into the Rothschild estate? Styria asked. I thought they had all those magic formations and guards to prevent such a thing. Seems like the assassin was kind of like a sleeper cell, Mills said. She was planted here years ago and acting like a regular person. Wow. Tyria gave a low whistle. 
This, um, stalker guild really is something if they plan something like that. Yes, Mills said. Now the fun part. We have to find out if there are still more of these stalkers hidden amongst the staff here. Oh, great. That'll be fun, Jerry aside. You know who wanted to kill your girl? Not yet, but we have some idea of who, Mull said. Oh, I'm going to need you and your boys to help guard Titania. Sure, no problem, Terrier nodded. I will assign them immediately. So, how is she? Terrier asked as he settled the guard duty with his men. Alive, Mull said soberly. Thank God. That's good, Terrier grinned. Heard you blew the brains out of the killer. Yeah, Mull said. I just, uh, did what I had to, you know. Good job, Terrier nodded understandably and patted Mills' shoulder. You saved her with a CPR too. Yeah, mostly to the fury of her maids and guards, Mills grinned, but thank God she's alive. I felt like, um, something lifted off my chest. Hell, I didn't even know I felt this way when I first shot her in the, off the ride. Someone's in love, Terrier grinned. Don't worry, my boys will keep her safe. There are two here, Trism walked in, mission briefing at my office now. Once the door to Trism's temporary office was closed, he jumped straight to the point. Our mission here is to ensure the safety of our interests. Now, clearly, we nearly failed on our first mission, Trism said. But still, good work on stopping the assassin, Sergeant Mills. You saved us a whole lot of troubles. Still, do what you need to do to protect her. Double the guards and keep an eye on the ladyship, Mills said. Got it. Next, to prevent further uh, such incidents, we are going to need to track down who is the perpetrator to this. Trism said. Night Captain Judas will be arranging a meeting with the stalkers, and I'll personally go and meet with them. I will drop a tracker on them and see where it'll lead us. You want to find the headquarters of the Stalkers Guild? Earls asked with a raised eyebrow. Yes, Trism said. Once we identify where the HQ is located, Claymore One will infiltrate their HQ and target their leaders and retrieve any critical information back. That is a pretty ambitious, Terrier frowned. You barely have any intel on their numbers and strength not to mention what kind of arcane formations they have protecting their HQ. I know, Prism said. That is why we need to move as fast as possible. I'll continue to sound out more capabilities of the stalkers. But still, Terrier frowned, it's risky. You are trained for this, soldier. Trism waved away his misgivings. I trust you and your team's skills. Terrier, I agree with Lieutenant Trism. I know it's risky, but time is running short, Mills said. We need to finish this before the ball this weekend and expose the ringleaders during that time. This will put Titania in a good spot and instantly destroy her enemies and all of the credibility. I'll have the Marines support your assault as backup, Mills promised. Even if we can't get a hold of anything important, if we can destroy the stalkers, it could scare off any other potential assassins. Why, Sergeant Mills, I didn't think that you Marines could come up with such cunning idea. Trism sounded surprised. I am impressed. Um, and they do this all the time in movies and dramas. End of chapter. Chapter 326. Cloak and Dagger. Darkside, city of Norshelm. Trism Cot, formerly a street rat, had roamed the dark alleys of the old capital of Goldrose, sighed as he took in the stench of the city. He found that no matter which city or town, the same stench was ever present, except for Haven. He adjusted the cloak to ensure that it didn't tangle with his pair of long daggers that he kept in his back hip and pushed his way into the pub that had a hanging sign of a fishbone. The interior was dimly lipped with the mixed smells of urine, vomit and cooked food and washed bodies. Luckily, it was just barely midday and the crowd was yet to come in. 
He let his eyes adjust to the dark before he sat down at the corner bench, which earned him a furtive look from the barkeeper. Trism pretended not to notice the look and gestured for the barmaid for some local ale and food. After a while, the portly barkeep with the greasy apron brought the food over and set it on the table before Trism. That'll cost you a silver piece, paying up front or after. Up front, I have a friend is coming in soon too, Trism said while he slid two silver pieces forward. You have any fine red in that cellar of yours? The barkeep raised an eyebrow. Sure, we always have some fine red in the cellar. I'll bring it to you when your, um, friend is here. With that said, the barkeep pocketed the two silver pieces and with his oily hands and left, leaving Trism alone with his meal. Trism picked at the mixed stew with greasy bits of unidentified meat floating on top. The heel of the black bread and the hard but edible when soaked in stew. The food wasn't remarkable and the local ale was weak tasting, most likely watered down. Not long after, a thin, shallow-faced male wearing a simple homespun sat down right before Trism, who barely finished his meal with a dark green bottle of wine. You looking to buy some red? Trism nodded. Yes, I'm willing to offer a good price if you have what I want. Sure, follow me. The person stood up and without a backward glance, he headed to the back of the bar, giving a wave to the barkeep who returned the nod. Trissom followed behind closely, and they passed the kitchen and into another doorway, which led into the cellars. Reaching the bottom of the stairs, Trissom found himself surrounded by crates and barrels of supplies and other stuff. The man lit a lantern and opened the door at the end of the cellar, and Trissom followed him in. Inside the room were a small, simple table and some chairs. The man hung the lantern at the side and placed the wine and a pair of goblets down and said, Wait here. Trissom sat down and made himself comfortable as he observed his surroundings. The small room had a featureless walls, but he could feel the draft of air coming from somewhere. He was about to search the room when he heard the footsteps coming. The door opened and a heavy set of males dressed like a rough clothing came in and sat down before him. What do you need? I need information, Trissom said, as much as you can possibly get. What or who do you want to know about? An information broker asked while he poured a bottle of wine into two goblets. House Deflin and House Taron, Trissom said, and also what information you have of the stalkers. The broker choked on his wine as he heard the last part. You want information on the stalkers? Are you serious? Yes, Trissom's eyes narrowed everything on them. The broker sucked in a deep breath and he stared at Trissom in silence. The information regarding the two houses will not be cheap. For the stalkers, the broker shook his head. I do not want to make enemies with them. I'll pay you twice the price, Trissom offered. If I can't keep my life, the broker sighed, even if you offer me ten times the price, there is no point. I understand, Trissom nodded. Then let's talk about the two houses. This is what I want to know. Rothschild Estate Mills made himself comfortable as he could in his battle gear as he sat guard over Titania in the adjoining room. He studied the data compiled by Trissom earlier over his tablet, reviewing the information regarding House Deflin and Terran. Both houses were bound together by marriage and business interests. House Deflin dealt in the trade of spices and other trade goods, while House Terran was mining business, owning several copper and iron mines. They had been trading company with equal shares between themselves, opening two large cargo vessels that shipped their wares to other cities. Of all the nine great houses, they owned the most wealth after the Rothschilds. But they were dependent on the Rothschilds due to the slave trade. Only the Rothschilds controlled the entire slave trade in the south, and as overlords of the North Helm, their surrounding fiefs, 
they were taxed greatly for importing and exporting trade goods. For generations, they had to pay fealty to the Rothschilds, which made them bitter, and with the increase in taxes demanded by the emperor, money was flowing out of the coffers as taxes were raised, making them even more unhappy. Mills rubbed his tired eyes and yawned, owning him a disapproving looks from Titania's female household guards. He sighed and checked the time, noting that it was almost 2 a.m. local time. He stood up and stretched his body, ignoring the female guards at the door who suddenly, the door leading towards Titania's bedchamber, swung open. Mill saw a pale-faced Titania standing in the doorway, dressed in a sleeping gown with a cloak over her shoulders. Her eyes had sunken in, and the bruised marks on her throat were visible, even under the magic glow of the lamps lining the walls. She gave a weak smile at the sight of Mills, who quickly helped her to a chair he had evocated earlier. Sit, why aren't you resting? Um, this, um, Titania whispered hoarsely. What? You want water? Mills asked Titania, nodded slowly. All right, I'll go get you some. He quickly went to pour her a cup of water while the guards and maids watched on in surprise and concern, wondering why she did not call for them to serve her. Titania gratefully sipped the water which soothed her injured throat. Moles gently asked, How are you feeling? Better, Titania replied slowly. She leaned back and closed her eyes and sighed, Thank you for saving me. Mills smiled. Don't speak so much. You can take care of yourself first. When you have recovered, then we'll talk. He gestured to the maids. Bring her in and let her rest more. Titania gave a nod and meekly followed her maids into the room, much to the amazement of the guards and servants, as they had not seen such a sight of their lady. Mills returned to his seat and continued where he'd left off in his reading. His mood seemingly improved. The next morning, Mills entered Trissom's office and found the intel officer with the rest of the senior NCOs gathered together. All right, everyone's here. Let's start the meeting, Trissom said. I'm sure everyone has reviewed the information on House Devlin and Terran, so I'll not go into the details here. My Captain Judas has a run a thorough check on the entire staff and the gowns of the estate, Trissom updated the men. He found two other servants in the payroll of others most likely to spy on the Rothschild, and he has taken them into custody for interrogation. This does not mean that everyone is clean, Trism said. We are the only ones without suspicion here. Hence, the night captain has graciously requested us to take over the security of Lady Titania, while we are stationed here, till he can be sure that there are no more uh, spies or assassins in the estate. Sergeant Mills, you will set up a duty roster for the men to guard Lady Titania, Trism said. Work with the Lady Titania's personal guards for a schedule, and what are the do's and don'ts? Next, Night Captain Judas has been kind enough to arrange a meeting for me with the Stalkers, Trissom said. My plan is to meet up with the Stalkers and negotiate a cease of the contract on Titania. The time for the meet will be just before midnight, Trissom said, at one in the alleyways in the upper city quarter. Since we have no UAV support, I'll plant an audio track on the person who's meeting me, Trism said. Hopefully this'll lead us to the hidden stronghold of the Stalkers. Claymore 1 will take up positions around the area beforehand and provide overwatch. Trism nodded to Sergeant Tyria. They will follow the tracker and see where it leads us. Once we have confirmation where they are hiding, Trism said, Claymore 1 will sneak in and collect as much information as we can. Do not let them detect your presence and ensure that the enemy does not find out your identities. Second objectives are to kill the leadership of the stalkers if possible, Trissom continued. If unable to do so, grab whatever information you can and extract from the enemy hideout. 
Sergeant Mills' Marines will follow along to create a perimeter and provide a cover for a retreat if Claymore 1 gets detected, Trism added. Hopefully all goes well and we can settle this before the weekend. It'll be an interesting if we can gather the ringleaders at this party and... Uh, Mills gave a savage smile. Take care of them all in one shot. That's the general idea, Trism said. I'll brief Lady Titania later on. Mills stopped Tyria when they left the office. What do you think of this... Too many unknowns, Terrier sighed, but that's the only deed we have. Yeah, Mills agreed. Stay sharp, tonight's gonna be a rough night. Members of Claymore 1 left the Rothschild estate in three teams as quietly as possible. One team hid in the back of a wagon on its daily supply run to the market, while another team disappeared through the hidden side gate made for the way through the game forest towards the city. The last team had one of more trustworthy household guards leading them in a secret tunnel that led to the outskirts of the city. After the teams had left the estate, they would all rendezvous near the location of the meet and settle down to wait for nightfall. Tyria, dressed in local homespun clothing, wore his combat harness over them and had a thin cloak to cover his body. His suppressed carbines were hidden in a long case slung over his shoulder and he had a short sword strapped to his side. The rest were similarly dressed and armed like him as they easily merged with both the locals and foreigners in the city. To ensure that there was not spotted by the stalkers, Tyria and his men had arrived at the location just after the city's midday bell. The three teams took up three positions in a triangular formation and stayed out of sight of the street and its crowd. Tyria settled down in the shadows of an arch that gave him the sight into the alleyway of the meat as he whispered into his throat mic, One to all... Watch your status. Two to one, in position, eyes on the other end of the street. Three to one, in position, overwatching the entire street. Give a wave. Taria looked towards the roof of the building across the street and waved. Three, looking good there, boss. One to all, go silent, stay alert. It's going to be a long way to head. End of chapter. Chapter 327. Stalking the Stalker. Time went slowly by, and soon the sun sank down and the streets turned dark. Glow lamps maintained by the city officials were powered up with magic stones by several men wearing long wooden stilts. They strolled along the streets from lamp to lamp and inserted the magic stones into the crystal-like orbs, while children ran and played between their stilts. The pale glow of the glow lamps and the long stilts made the lamplighters look like some kind of deformed monster from where Tyria sat hidden in the shadows of the building's arch. He had a team rotate duties and keeping an eye on the alleyway, making sure to observe anyone suspicious hanging around. He forced himself to eat, despite not feeling hungry, as he knew that he would need the strength for later. Soon the skies turned to darkness and the inadequate lighting of the glow lamps barely lit up the entrance of the alleyway. He forced himself to be patient and continued to wait until he heard the chatter of hooves, Checking his wristwatch, he found that the time was 11.34pm, local time. Three, two all, we got an incoming carriage approaching, should be our own. One, Roger, all teams stay sharp. Tyria whispered into the squad channel and gestured for Wolf and Tavol who readied themselves. A single land dragon pulling a carriage snorted and growled as the driver yanked on its reins, pausing the carriage just before the alleyway. The door facing the alleyway opened and a cloaked figure stepped out and the driver hit the land dragon with a whip, making it hiss and the carriage rocked forward leaving behind the hooded figure. The figure made a slow turn and observed his surroundings before he disappeared into the dimly lit alleyway. 
Hey, more one, this is Origin. I'm in the AO now. Trissom heard a double burst of static from his hidden earpiece and nodded to him as he walked alone into the alleyway and stopped right next to the upturned crate that had an empty bottle innocently placed at a certain angle. He glanced back down the alleyway which both sides of the brick-and-mortar walls, only about fifty paces in length and seeing no one in the alley, he waited. Soon the city bell toiled, signaling midnight, and he frowned before he whispered to the squad channel and asked, Origin to Claremont 1, and he sighed about Tango. One to Origin, negative. Two to Origin, negative. Three to Origin, negative. Trism paced up the spot and thought to himself that he could be a bust. He decided to wait for another while more, just in case. If not, he would recall everyone and call off the mission. Suddenly, he heard a scrape of a boot and he spun around in surprise and saw a spilthy-looking beggar standing behind him. You the client? The beggar asked in a serious tone. Trism nodded and pretended to adjust his collar while keying his throat mic. Yes, I am the client. Good, follow me. The beggar gestured Trissom, and he walked close to the opposite end of which Trissom had entered the alleyway. Trissom followed the beggar and tried to engage him in a conversation, but was met with silence. He gave up and followed the beggar in silence. After a few twists and turns, the beggar suddenly stopped and took out a black hood. Wear it. Trissom, acting on the role of a noble, frowned and hissed into pleasure. You want me to wear such a filthy item? There are fleas, and is that blood? Poji Don, or oh, you will no deal. The beggar gave a cannot-be-bothered shrug. Trism sighed dramatically and flapped the hood a few times to get rid of whatever creepy crawlies that inhabited the hood before slipping it on. His world turned to darkness, and even the night sounds of the city vanished. He panicked as his senses were cut off, and he quickly pulled the hood off and gasped in genuine fear. He glanced at the smiling beggar and pointed a shaky finger at him and cursed, You dirty lowborn! How dare you? The beggar gave a grin and said, Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you the hood is enchanted. All sound and sight will be blocked off for the person who wears it. You! Trism covered in surprise with regained anger and was about to throw the hood away when the beggar stopped him. Wear it or the deal is off. Also, do not remove it again or the deal is off. The beggar repeated his earlier words. Don't worry, someone will lead you to see the meeting. You better not be tricking me, Trism warned and said, or I'll find you and you will not like it when I do. Ha! The beggar gave an unbothered laugh. You are not the first nor the last to say that. Hm! Trism straightened his cloak and slipped the hood onto his head and wondered if he could still hear the radio. Lead the way... As the sight and hearing were blocked off, he took a heart of the fact that the elite team of Claymore One soldiers were on his back. Suddenly, he felt someone binding his arms together with a rough piece of rope and a hood was tightened around his neck. He panicked slightly as he did not expect the constant reports on squad channel to be cut off and getting tied up. He felt hands all over his body as someone searched him for weapons. His long dagger was taken away and even his hidden boot knife... Once the person was satisfied, Trissom felt his bound hands being jerked forward and he could only bite the bullet on a soldier on. The person led him through another series of twists and turns and he could only blindly and deftly stumble along with two of his senses blocked. It was hard to gauge time and direction. Finally, the person leading him stopped pulling the rope and he paused in his steps. The hood covering his head was suddenly yanked away and he flinched in sudden brightness and the sounds of his new surroundings. As he was recovering from his ordeal, someone removed the bindings on his hands and he quickly rubbed his eyes. Sit. A muffled voice spoke and Trissom's eyes had recovered enough to spot the shape of the chair before him. 
His eyes finally adjusted to the light and he saw a clearly masked figure before him. Silhouetted by the glow lamp of his figure from Trism, Trism slowly sat down and at the same time, he tried to observe his surroundings, finding himself in some sort of room. With rough wooden paneling for walls, he cleared his throat and put on his best act. Such treatment to nobles, this is outrageous. The figure did not seem to be offended and only said, My apologies, young lord. This is all to protect ourselves and yourself. How do you call this rough treatment protection? Trism slapped the table and crossed his legs. I demand some form of compensation. The figure appeared unfazed and instead continued as if nothing had happened. What is the nature and manner that you require a surface of the stalkers? Trism frowned. Humph. My cousin was almost killed by you people. I demand you cease the contract on my cousin and give me the names of those who put the contract on her life. The figure leaned back in a chair and said, We pride ourselves and our professionals and will never fail the contract. Should we fail the contract, we will refund the coin back. And of course, we will never delve any information on our clients nor the details of the contracts to others. I don't care. Tristan continued his act by slapping the table. You better tell me who wants my cousin dead. Pray tell, who is your cousin? The masked figure asked. Of course, it's Lady Titania of House Rothschild. Trissom replied with a smug voice, the future lord and master of the city of Norshelm. Hmm, the masked figure seemed to be contemplating Trissom's words. And what is your name? Me? Trissom puffed out his chest and replied, I am Trissom from Kilmer. Trissom from Kilmer? Figure paused for a while, and you hail from the city of Uthax. What, Uthax? Trissom snorted and said, I am from the capital. Ah, my mistake. The figure seemed to nod. You say that there was a contract on your cousin, Lady Titania. Yes, Tristan nodded, feeling that he had passed a small test from the person. He and Titania had worked out the identity beforehand, with him posing as a cousin from the capital. Just the night before. And what happened to Lady Titania? The figure asked. And uh, the killer. Tristan glanced around furtively and gestured the mask figure closer, while cupping his hand next to his mouth. The figure leaned forward to listen, and Trissom used one hand to pull the figure's shoulder closer and whispered into his ear. He had palmed a tiny tracker about the size of a large bean and lightly stuck it to the tracker's super-adhesive surface against the figure's clothing as he whispered in secrecy to his ear. She's alive, but very badly wounded. As for the killer, she's dead, killed by the guards. The mask figure gave a sharp intake of breath as he leaned back, giving Trissom a glance to observe his features. The mask he wore was made out of pure black metal that was molded into a face to shape with silver swirling patterns covering its entire surface. The masked stalker wore a long sleeve black leather coat and even his hands were black gloves and his body was the size and head taller than larger than Trissom. Before the kid's death, she announced that she was from the stalkers. Trissom snapped the table. Now I want to know who ordered my cousin's death and cancelled the contract. Money is not a problem. The masked figure sat there and kept quiet for a while before he rapped on the table. We have no idea of such contract. Do not lie. Trism stood up and slapped the table again. Offend my family and I'll bring the wrath of the emperor down upon you. I'll tell you what. The figure seemed to back down. I will speak with my associates about the issue and give you an appropriate reply within uh, three days. Three days. Trism banged on the table again. I'll give you one. Do not push your luck, boy. The masked figure stood up, a bulk casting a shadow over Trism as Kidding Aura radiated out. Three days and you shall have your answer. D done! 
Tristan did not need to feign his fear as the bloodlust from the stalker was strong enough to make his knees quake. I... I will expect to hear from you in three days' time. Lead our guest out, the figure said to someone, and the hood was thrown over his head before his hands got tied up again. Trissom blindly followed the person out, and after a while, the hood was suddenly removed and reoriented to his surroundings. He found himself back in the same alleyway alone. On the upturned stacks of crates, there was a weapons, and he used them to cut the bindings of his hands. He quickly left the dark alleyway and hit the send on his throat mic. Claymore 1, Origin, what's your status? Over. 3, Origin, we have you in sight. Marines escort on their way to you in five mics. Origin, what about the tracker? Is it working? Trissom anxiously asked. When he was training in Spycraft in Haven, the humans had demonstrated the usefulness of such a magic device and he was mowed over. 1, Origin, signal strength 5 by 5, the fish has taken the bait. End of chapter. Chapter 328 Questions and Answers Terrier ducked his head into a cloak to check his tablet when the radio communications suddenly cut off with Trissom. By doing so, the glow of the tablet's backlight could not be seen in the dark anyways. He lowered the brightness and the switch in the backlight and the red instead, and he gave out a relieved sigh as he saw the blinking dot indicating the tracker was still working. One to all, Origin must have turned off audio, but the tracker is still going strong. Two, on me... Tyrius said as he velcroed the tablet onto his upper left arm and followed the signal, watching the display showing in the distance shortening. One on three, hold, overwatch position. Two, roger. Three, roger. Still, they had to navigate their way through the unfamiliar maze or streets of the old city district while avoiding being seen by anyone. A couple times they met a dead end and had to backtrack their steps and guessing which street to take. As the meter distance dropped to ten meters, they heard Trissom's voice over the squad channel again. Tyria raised a clenched fist and the team halted and automatically covered all sectors with their weapons. Tyria listened to Trissom speak to someone and double-checked the tracker. This way. His team stood as one as they followed Tyria's lead and soon found themselves in the middle of the road. Tyria frowned as he tracked, clearly showed that they were directly on it. The meter distance was showing zero meters. It must be underground, Tyria exclaimed. What the hell? Hitsu turned around to spot the eye buildings surrounding them. He could be in any of these buildings. Um, Wolf whispered as he too looked around the surroundings. How the hell are we going to find the correct building? Well, spread out and keep your eyes open, Tyria said as he held his earpiece closer. I think he's done with coming out soon. We'll watch where the Lieutenant Trissom comes out from and that's how we find the way in, Tyria explained. Now all spread out and watch every area. The men nodded and spread out, making sure to be able to keep an alert eye around the surroundings. He's coming out now, Tyria hissed, and his men quickly kept a sight while craning their heads left and right to see where would he appear. Shortly after, Wolf was split into his mic. Wolf to all, I got movement east side. He saw three figures walking out from the gate, and clearly the man in the middle was hooded. Leaning back into the shadows, he held his breath as the trio walked past him for fear that they might detect him. After they disappeared around the corner, he counted several seconds more before he let out his held breath. Wolf to all, Origin has been escorted towards the West Street. One, Roger, hold your position and observe. Roger, Wolf replied. He leaned out of his spot and eyed the side gate. It was a simple wrought iron gate set against the high wall. The building inside the wall looked to be some kind of three-story townhouse that had seen better days. Claymore 1, Origin, what is your status? Over. 
Three, Origin, we have you in sight. Marines escort on their way to find you in five mics. Origin, what about the tracker? Is it working? One, Origin, signal strength is five by five, and fish has taken the bait. Tyria replied as he checked the interface. We have identified the building that you were in. Wolf suddenly had a scrape of leather against the rough cobble street and he quickly ducked back into the shadows. Under the dim glow of the street lamps, he saw two shadowy figures appear, walking briskly, and one of them unlocked the gate before they disappeared into the compound and locking up behind them. Wolf to all, two Sierras have returned to the nest. Wolf reported, Raider to Claymore 1, what's your sit rep? The voice of Mills came over the channel. One Raider, we have located the nest. Has Origin linked up with you? Tyria asked as the team met up with Wolf. Raider, affirmative, Mills replied. We are inbound to your location in five mics. One, Roger. Tyria turned his attention to the gate. They came out and returned to that building. Wolf nodded. I saw two men bringing the lieutenant out and after a while they returned. Terrier eyed the wall, which was easily over two meters high, and even suspected that there must some kind of arcane alarm spells over the walls. How did the men enter? Terrier asked again. Seemed like they used a key to open a lock before locked it again. Wolf said, It's too dark, but I don't see them do anything special to open the gate. Lok and Hitsu check out the perimeter for any signs of magical readings. Terrier ordered. We wait for the marines to surround the area before we decide what's next. Several minutes later, Mills appeared with Trissom and Toe as they huddled down at the shadowed side of the building opposite the suspected hideout of the Stalker's Guild. Dark, cloaked figures could be seen moving up the street and taking up the blocking positions at all of the intersections and exits of the compound. All right, my boys are in position, Mills reported after a while. How are we doing this? Wait, I got some of my guys to wreck the perimeter to see if there's any magical tripwires or traps, Turia said. So I went in and out from that gate, Trissom asked as he used a multi-purpose binoculars to scan the compound, switching from night vision to infrared and back. Looks pretty quiet. Boss! Hitsu and Loke appeared and ghosts next to them, startling Mills and Trissom. Found some magical traces along the walls, but both the main gate and the side gate seemed to be unwarded. Hmm, Terria frowned. Think it's a trap? Not sure, Hitsu replied, but looking at the quality of the gates, I doubt they need any magical alarms to warn them if someone comes breaking down the gates. Can we pick the lock and the side gate? Mills asked. Pick the lock and slip in without them knowing. We don't know how they trapped the place, Teria said. We don't even know how many people are inside. At this moment, the side gate suddenly swung open and two figures appeared out. Everyone was surprised and stared at the duo who locked the gate and started to leave. Grab them! Mills hissed urgently. Instantly, Hitsu and Loke leapt forward from out of the shadows and the duo came closest to them. They snagged both the men without any noise made and dragged them away into the alley out of sight of the compound. The two men stopped struggling when they felt a kiss of cold steel against their throat and stared wide-eyed at their assailants. Mills quickly searched the bodies and the two placed items found on the floor. He grinned and held up a large key and said, Got it. Take the other to the rear, Citrusum said from the shadows. We questioned them one by one. Loke nodded and held up with Wolf and dragged the terrified man away. Trissom waited until they were out of hearing before he started questioning the captive. Tell me, how many people are inside the compound? The captive shook his head nervously, and Hitsu impatiently jabbed his sword harder against the captive's throat. Think um, carefully before you speak. I only have a few coins, the captive said. Take it, don't kill me. I'm asking how many people are inside the building, Trissom asked again as he came out of the shadows. 
The captive's eyes widened in recognition, but it quickly passed as he shook his head. I don't know what you're asking about. I don't have much money. Well, barely you recognize me, Trissom smiled as he held up a key. Are there any traps behind the gate? What? Captive gave a nervous swallow. I don't know anything. Out of his ear, Trissom said, since he can't understand my questions, there's no point in keeping an ear, right? Iria nodded to Hitsu, who pulled up the corner of his cloak and jammed it into the surprised man and gagged him. With a quick and sharp action, Tyria drew his sword and sliced off the ear of the captive with a single slash. The captive squirmed Nimmels in Hitsu's hold and screamed into the gag. Hitsu jammed his hand against the gag to prevent the captive from spitting the gag out. After a while, the captive slumped down weakly as tears flowed from his face. I'll ask the next question, and you better answer truthfully, Citizen asked. Wrong answer, and you will lose the other ear. Is that clear? The captive nodded weakly in Mills and Hitsu hold. Release him, Trism ordered, and both soldiers let the captive go. The captive held onto his bleeding wound, feeding the missing ear and hissing in pain. He glared at Trism with hateful eyes, and Hitsu jammed his leg into the back of the captive's knee, forcing him down onto his knees. Trism squatted down next to the person and said, Tell me what I want to know, and you can leave this place in one piece. The captive suddenly gave a growl and reached out to grab Trissom, who backed out of his just in time. Tyria's sword flashed and the haven produced type 1 sword bayonet, which was sharpened till almost a monocular edge sliced off the wrist of the captive's hand effortlessly. He stared at the gushing stump of his hand in shock as he suddenly gagged as a second slash sliced in half his throat opened. The man slumped back on his heels before toppling over an expanding pool of blood. Damn, Trissom sighed as he sat on the floor watching the captive bleed out. Didn't expect that. Oh well, he said, and he patted himself clean. Lucky for us, we have another person to question. Terrier flicked the sword clean against the dead man's clothes. The second captive was just the youngster. His eyes widened in fear as he looked at the dismembered body of his comrade in his own pool of blood. Relax, I'm not going to play any games with you, Trissom smiled. Just answer my questions truthfully and you won't end up like your friend here. What do you want to know? The second person trembled as he asked. I'll tell you all that I know. Terrier snapped his fingers sharply at the person. Any traps behind the gate and how many people inside? There are no traps behind the gate, the youngster replied quickly. But there are two guards watching the gate. Good. Go on. Trissom smiled happily as he milked all the information he could from the boy. Terrier bent down and wiped his sword clean of the dark, sticky blood against the dead clothing while Mills gave a sigh. The things we do for a better tomorrow. Tyria gave a raised eyebrow at Mills's words. What if killing gives us a better tomorrow? I'm all for killing everything and anything in my path. At least now we know what we are facing in there, Trissom said as he joined the two sergeants. Well, at least some parts of it should be true. I don't expect that the boy knew much, especially from a death guild. Clean up the space and infiltrate the stalker's guild, Trissom ordered. We have already wasted enough time here dealing with these... Mills shook his head and stepped over the blood puddle and walked away from the alleyway, where the rest of Claymore 1 dragged the two bodies deeper into the alley. End of chapter And that, my friends, is the end of this video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you did, please consider supporting the channel. There are numerous links down below. The easiest way would be to share this video and this channel to as many people as possible to help this channel grow. Your support is very much appreciated. And I will see you all in the next video. Cheers.